Welcome to the No Neutral Moments Podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and it's my pleasure to discuss, to explore, and maybe even to discover what it means for each one of us to live our lives fully engaged, to challenge each one of us to be fully aware, and completely expecting to engage to the fullest everything we've been designed, called, and gifted to be. So with all this in mind, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get engaged. Well, welcome back to the No Neutral Moments podcast. My name is Patrick Payton, and thank you so much for being a part of this podcast on a weekly basis or whenever you binge to catch up on episodes. Uh, We're just so happy that you would be a part of this uh, journey we take, helping everybody to understand how important every single moment is, that uh, there is quite a bit of significance in every single moment of your life to engage it to the best of your ability so you can become everything you're designed, called, and gifted to be, as well as helping the people around you become everything they are designed, called, and gifted to be as well. Some exciting news on the No Neutral Moments podcast front in the sense that we have begun the process of trademarking the uh, No Neutral Moments phrase. Crazy to believe that we can... can, um, uh, What's the word I just forgot? That we can trademark uh, that phrase. I was joking with some friends of mine the other day. Someone, uh, a friend of mine had a No Neutral Moments coffee mug from our church the other day. And I said, hey, by the way, I'm going to charge you for that mug. But we're excited about that, excited about the help we're getting and just continuing to grow. So thankful for you being a part of this and passing this podcast on to so many others, to our team that continues to work. We are understanding the phrase that everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much. That's a good rule to keep in mind just about everything that you're doing. So let's press on into this uh, part two of what we began in the last podcast, this, this situation that all of us find ourselves in. I'm not sure there's any of us that don't find ourselves every once in a while in what we entitled the pit of quit or the pit of I quit or Maybe you want to call it the very pit I find myself in that makes me want to quit everything that I'm doing or a particular segment of your life that you want to quit engaging in, whatever the case might be. I shared the story with you out of 1 Kings, this, this biblical book, 1 Kings verses or chapters 17 through 19. We set the story in the last episode about this biblical hero named Elijah and his amazing journey, if you'll remember the three things that I sort of outlined for you that kind of would serve as a reminder as you think about, well, am I on this path to where I may just want to feel like giving up? And those three things were constant activity, constant success. You seem to be winning all the time, which is a good thing, but it can end up being a dangerous thing. And then the constant affirmation of people around you. So that was really the path and taken right from the the pages of the Bible But then we move in this week to uh, the emotions or the feelings, what you go through on the inside as you perhaps journey to this place of feeling like you want to quit. And remember, just so you have the, the context of the story, that there was all this activity, all this success, and all this affirmation, and then there just came this moment, and the moment was very, very small. The moment that turned it for Elijah was, quite frankly, in the big scheme of things, fairly insignificant. In other words, the threat that came that drove him to this emotional pit of wanting to quit was not a a huge threat when you look at the things he had already been a part of 
and the things that had happened in his life. And the very same thing oftentimes happens to us. We're really engaged in very important things. We're very busy. We're taking care of high priorities. We have our values outlined. We're pursuing objectives in our lives that are worthwhile. We're in constant activity, experiencing somewhat success. People are affirming what we're doing. And it's, to to use an old phrase, it's something out of left field. And someone might actually look at that if you were honest with them, whatever it is, and say, that is what has put you over the edge. And it's the same thing for Elijah. So that's why you have to be very careful because in the activity, success, and affirmation of your life, you might be looking for something massive to sort of knock you off the emotional edge when it really could just be an argument. It, it really could be an insignificant threat. It, it really could just be five minutes of a, of a day gone bad. So be alert and don't be deceived or be tricked into thinking it's going to be this big, massive thing that's going to cause you to go down this path of I quit that's going to lead to the emotions. So I spent enough time there. Let's get into it because we have five things I want to talk about related to the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that you go through in, in this pit, this place where Elijah found himself. And the first place is you, you, there's often a sudden and unreasonable fear. Um, and, and, and in the case of Elijah, I, I kind of told you the story. There was this, this queen named Queen Jezebel, and she essentially said to Elijah, I'm going to kill you. Now, remember, Elijah had just done battle against 450 uh, enemy prophets. There was really 850. He went into direct battle with 450. He had faced some fairly insurmountable odds, and the odds were stacked against him in the chapters you would read in chapters 17 and 18. So so much so that when you see this, this queen issuing this threat, To a man living the way that Elijah had been living, it would seem to be an an insignificant thing. But all of a sudden, she makes this threat, and Elijah goes into meltdown of sudden and unreasonable fear. Let me use another term for you. You might find yourself kind of swallowed up in sudden and unreasonable anxiety. You, You might all of a sudden have this unreasonable anxiety about your finances, you might find yourself with this unreasonable anxiety about the economy, about your job, about relationships, and and it can even put you into a cold sweat. You can feel your 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 heart rate going up. You can feel your blood pressure going up. And again, it's not this massive thing that happens. It's just all of the sudden, really, and all of the sudden can mean it transpires over a few moments. It can transpire over a day or a week, but after activity, success, and affirmation, something happens. And and I don't want to try to identify what the something is that happens. You'll know it because one of the emotions, and you can have all of these, some of them, a mixture of them, even though we haven't made it past the first one, but you find yourself with just sudden and unreasonable anxiety, and which we can lead to the second thing. And that is, and this is the, the really the most obvious one, it's a near cowardly escape or a desire to flee. In Elijah's case, he literally took off. He literally ran for the hills to go to the desert, and he just wanted to get out. Now, I don't know 
too many of us who who haven't had that feeling of I I got to get out of here. I, I got to go somewhere and be somewhere and be by myself. Now let's when you have that feeling when you have that thought process that doesn't mean you all of a sudden go down this slope and say oh my goodness I'm in the pit of I quit I'm in a disastrous place. I mean you, you understand the difference. You, you can have somewhat of a a difficult day and just think you know. I need to take the long way home. I need to take a, a long drive home. I've joked about that with people here in the basin for a long time that maybe if you need if you have a three mile drive home here in Midland, which is very common, maybe you need to drive home via Andrews, which um, would be saying if you lived in Dallas, you're going to just take a, a route home through Frisco or something like that. It, it, all of us know what it's like to need to maybe go on a walk to, to maybe need to go on a run. We, we know what it's like to need a break, understand the difference, you know, just to say, I need a vacation, or I'm just going to get out of town for a couple of days, or we're going to go to the lake, or we're going to go to Vegas, you know, whatever it is you need to go just to kind of gear down. This is different because in the context of having this sudden and unreasonable anxiety, understand that in Elijah's life, he left everything and everyone, and he just left. He disconnected. It's you've, you've met people before, or you've known people in your life who you say, what happened to them? I mean, they just quit. They just stopped coaching. They stopped volunteering. They just, they're gone. Has anybody seen them? No, haven't seen them. Has anybody been around them? No, I haven't been around them. And, and so the next thing you know, you hear news that uh, you can't even believe what's happened in their life. They've sort of come undone. They're into this depression or something like that. So be aware there's a difference between needing a break and this compelling sense of I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get away from everyone. I don't want to see anybody. And it lasts, it persists. So out of constant activity, success and affirmation comes this sudden and really just unreasonable anxiety. So check yourself. And I'm being very cautious as I go through this because all of us can go through a little bit of worry. That's very common. It just, how quickly do you snap back? Let me give you a difference between anxiety that won't leave and anxiety that you have to get a, get control of. Many, many years ago, uh, I was driving from Midland to a place in New Mexico. And at the same time that I was driving, uh, it, I had this thought run through my brain, and it was true that all three of my children were in their cars, in their vehicles, on long drives at the very same time. I think one was headed to Colorado. One was headed somewhere else. One was driving to another state. And I'm driving down this long stretch of road in New Mexico. And I had this overwhelming anxiety or fear for my children. And I had to stop for just a minute and talk myself down from this unreasonable fear and this unreasonable anxiety. Now that's, that's a fairly common thing for any parent. What we're talking about here is something that is so gripping that it begins to change your your entire pattern. It changes your way of thinking, and it persists, and it got a hold of Elijah, and it drove him to a place of escapism and fleeing. And remember, you you can escape and flee and not leave your home. In other words, you can start disconnecting from people around you and from the people closest to you and from the people who love you the most, who need you to tell them what's going on in your life. But it's, 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 it's really interesting to see that when people get gripped by sudden and unreasonable anxiety and then go into this escapism 
and this fleeing mechanism, sometimes they don't go somewhere physically, but mentally and emotionally, they go somewhere and they disconnect from everybody. So that leads us to the third thing, which is really a byproduct of this anxiety that causes me to want to flee or escape or quit. I feel like I got to say this one more time. We're not just talking about one bad day where you, you just think, I need to be alone for a minute and where you... You tell your family members, can I just have a few hours? Don't confuse the don't confuse normal behavior with this is something you need to pay attention to. Because the third thing that happens is this intense seclusion and isolation. Intense seclusion and isolation. So Elijah goes away and, and in this this intense isolation and seclusion, he just basically lays down and says, I'm done. I mean, he goes in to put it in terms of something we might be able to associate with. He goes into the bedroom, shuts the door, pulls down the shades, turns out the lights and says, I'm out. I have, the anxiety has driven me to want to escape. And this escape has driven me to a place where I want no one around me. I do not want to be around anyone. I want to be completely isolated. So you, as I've been telling you all these warning signs and I've said, now don't take it to don't take what's normal to an extreme. All of us know what it's like to want to be alone, to want to spend some time alone. We need to do that. Even if you read in the Bible, you see things where Jesus went away by himself for a time of prayer. There's a difference where you need some alone time to gather your thoughts, to gather your emotions. We're talking about a path that is leading you to a place where you just want to quit and check out. And you've been in the midst of great activity, success, and affirmation. But something has clicked, and there's an anxiety that has driven you to an escapism that has now locked you down in seclusion and isolation. Only you know if you are over the edge, so to speak. Only you know if you've sort of gone past the reasonable place here. And and you know what I'm talking about. Which leads me to... One of the most dangerous ones, and although I do think there's some order to these, this fourth thing that I'm going to tell you about the emotion and the feelings of the pit of I quit, this one can occur at the very beginning and it's persistent and it oftentimes drives the justification of escapism and fleeing. It it feeds seclusion and isolation. And so the fourth thing, the fourth emotion and the fourth feeling of this pit of I quit is this what I just simply call I'm the only one syndrome. I'm the only one syndrome. If you're a Winnie the Pooh fan, you you know the story of Tigger. You know, Tiggers are a wonderful thing. They're bouncy, bouncy, trouncy, trouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the only most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I am the only one. In the emotion and the, the feelings of the pit of I quit, there's this sense that you begin to believe about yourself that no one is working as hard as you, No one understands what it's like to go through what you're going through. As a matter of fact, no one has ever gone through what you you are going through. No one could possibly understand what you're going through. In fact, you're the only person on earth going through this and whoever has gone through this. In the story of Elijah in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, in verses 4 and 10 and 14 around that area, he literally says, nobody is doing what I do. Nobody cares about the God of the universe, like I do, because I'm the only one, he, he literally says, I just want to stay here and die. And so he is completely 
gone through this anxiety cycle. He's now escaped. He's off alone. He's sleeping under a tree. He has secluded himself and isolated himself. And his cry is, I'm it. I'm the one. And like I said, this can be spinning around in your head the minute you enter the emotion and the feelings of the pit of I quit. But as soon as you begin to catch yourself thinking, I don't know if anybody else cares as much as I do. I don't know that there's anybody in this city who who cares like I do. I don't know if there's anybody in this office who's ever going to care as much as I care. In fact, I don't think there's anybody in my church that cares as much as I care. I'm beginning to think there's nobody in my family who, you, okay, you know where I'm going on this as I repeat myself. Now, there are days and there are nights when we have these little pity parties, right? And, and we say things like, you know what? I don't think anybody around here cares. But you snap out of it and you realize, you know, there's a lot of other people working as hard as I am and doing the same things I'm doing and these people care. This is this consistent sense and feeling that you're it. It is this, uh, it's just, you're the only one. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who's worked this hard. And this is exactly where Elijah was. And it leads me to the fifth and final thing, which is this complete loss or vision or sight of the bigger picture. And really, when it was all said and done, Elijah had forgotten his bigger purpose in life. He had forgotten the bigger purposes in life. He had, forgot, he had forgotten the bigger picture of other people and of serving other people. And everything had unre- become unreasonably focused on him, which caused him to unreasonably focus on himself. The pit of I quit has a definitive path in it, constant activity, constant success, and constant affirmation. What's missing in the path that you might notice is some reference to constant failure. And, th- and sometimes we can go through failure that can lead us to an emotional pit of I quit, but oftentimes failure just leads us to one compelling thought, which is I must be the only one failing. And that's a whole other kind of path for us to look at. I think the more dangerous path for those of us living lives in the 21st century, and probably for most of our listeners of the No Neutral Moments podcast, the more dangerous path is not the path of marked by failure because probably most of you have known how to work your way through failure. I think the most common path is this one that Elijah is on, constant activity, success, and affirmation. Then all of a sudden I'm caught by a sudden and unreasonable anxiety. I have this desire to just quit and to flee. I want to be alone and secluded and isolated. This becomes literally who I am. I've now made the decision that I'm the only one feeling this way, going through this or understanding this. And then I lose complete sight of the bigger picture of what's going on around me, the service of my life to others, the service of my life to my company, larger picture of my values of serving other people and serving something larger than myself. And the next thing you know, you found yourself at the proverbial rock bottom where Elijah was, where then we step in and we see what the remedies are, but we will not find out the remedies and how you get out of the pit of I quit until the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the No Neutral Moments podcast. Remember today, whether wherever you are and whatever you're doing, 
Pay attention. Engage every moment for there are no neutral moments and it's going to make a difference in your life and it's going to make a difference in somebody else's else's life. God bless you. Have a great day or evening, whichever one.